God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, I'm joined by Leonor Gavrota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, well, you know what? Did you see the video yesterday? Which video? The video of Ruby Freeman walking around and doing some stuff at the uh, Fulton County, Georgia election thing. is this the is this the ballot stuffing video you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know yeah. they told everybody to leave uh you know so there's a lot of things happening in georgia that have uh been very positive for uh team trump including governor kemp finally allowing uh the signature verification that's right and after I, all that public pressure well well here's the problem he's he's actually allowed that before he he is been pretty good about it I, to to a certain extent but he's not doing enough because if you notice in this clip for example he's already said that again I'm going to ask him again so it's Raffensperger and that's a that's the secretary of state in yeah. Georgia but Brad, I mean Brad is his name right. Brad Raffensperger and, but isn't you know, the governor higher on the hierarchy than the uh, secretary of state yeah, I mean, can he enforce? Can he enforce? You know, the the implementation of the signature verification and the other it you says, know checks and balances. Governor Kemp calls for a signature audit of ballots just hours after video evidence is released of electoral fraud. Now, what was interesting too is Gabriel uh, Sterling, the Deputy Secretary of State, who's also on the take with China and probably paid off. Now, Lynn Wood backtracked uh, about Kelly Loeffler being uh, an investor in Dominion. So he said that, and then he kind of tweeted out today that uh, that's not the case, that he could be wrong about that. And I think what he's doing there is he's backpedaling because Lynn Wood took a lot of heat because it came out that, you know, he's been voting, uh, he's been Democrat, he's a Democrat, he, he, he's been voting for 
um, Obama. He voted for Obama. He donated to the Obama campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a guy that you, you wonder if you could trust him because he comes right out of the gate with this great rally in Georgia. Incidentally, there's going to be another rally in Georgia tomorrow right. uh, or on Saturday. Yeah, um, related to uh, President Trump is going to be there. Big shindig to support the two senators down there. You know, let's face it. You know, Ted Cruz said it really well. He said, "Who is the uh, who is the uh, you know who is this guy that's promoting you know don't vote for you know don't vote for uh, Loeffler and uh, Purdue. Loeffler, you know that's a that's a bad mistake. You know, and I, I think that you would have you would have to be a Democrat plant and in, infiltrate yourself into the Georgia Republican Party to say that. Now, I understand." Also, the flip side of that argument, and that is that you want to hold Loeffler and Purdue accountable. They need to stand up for something, and they need to stand up and say no to the Dominion machines. We are not, we're going to object to these machines, they're fraudulent. Because, see, earlier in the week, too, they took these machines, and it was just Judge Batten who. Uh, agreed that they should be uh, there should be an injunction that these uh, machines should be seized, and then a few hours later he changes his mind and he says, "No, you can go ahead and get those machines and wipe them clean and prepare them for the January fifth runoff." And then a few hours later, the same day, three decisions in the same day, Batten then says, "We're going to go and create an injunction. We're going to seize the servers." Meanwhile, somebody had already gone in taken out the machines, and wiped them clean. Now, that's according to Sidney Powell. And if they've done that, then I think that Justice Thomas, who oversees Georgia, is going to have something to say about it. Um, because at the end of the day, you have to have a address verification. From what I understand, the address verification, signature verification, the signature verification is on the outside of the ballot. Yeah. And and it's on the outside. It's sort of like the return to sender. It's mm-hmm. like kills two birds with one stone. You put your name and address and your signature on the outside of the ballot, and it sent, gets itself sent in. And there you are with it. And the issue there is in Pennsylvania, for example, they passed a law like in October of 2019. No, no, no. Uh, in April of 2020, they kind of revamped and revised and said, we're going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. lax with regard to address ma- matching or, or uh, signature matching. We're going to be lax about it. And everybody was up in arms like, okay, so the standard is you don't have to have a, uh, an accurate signature. Yeah. The signatures don't need to match. That doesn't make any sense. And that might be unconstitutional with the state legislature. Because the state legislature is supposed to make laws. So now you have, in Pennsylvania, you have Ted Cruz uh, writing up an appeal. He filed an appeal with the Supreme Court of the United States. And we're going to talk about that in greater detail here in a minute. Yeah, that's a very interesting development. But I want to take a listen to to, uh, Brian Kemp here. And we're going to... Uh, cue that cue that up right about now. Uh, I would again call under Leffler. You're not under Leffler. Under Leffler. 
You're not called early on for a signature audit. Obviously, the Secretary of State, per the laws and the Constitution, would have to order that. He has not done that. I think it should be done. I think, especially with what we saw today, it raises more questions. There needs to be transparency on that. Uh, I would again call for that, and uh, I think in the next 24 hours, hopefully, we'll see a lot more from the hearings that the legislature had today, and we'll be able to look and see what the next steps are. Uh, what concerns me a little bit about that is it sounds a little like it could be kicking the can down the road or putting it in the lap of the other guy um, and knowing the other guy is compromised. There, there's no other way to explain the behavior, uh, the radical left-wing posturing of Gabriel Sterling, who claims him to be a Republican. And uh, and this uh, th- he's the deputy S- SOS, Secretary of State. But Brad Raffensperger, mm-hmm. spelled with a P, by the way. Yeah. So it's Raffens, R-A-F-F-E-N-S. And then there's a P as in Patrick. Right. Perger. <laughs> Raffensperger. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Well, don't go making fun of people's names. <clears throat> no, it's Raffensperger. <laughs> no, it's Raffensperger, folks. So if you're looking him up, no, I only say that because, you know, if people want to research this right. guy and see what he's all made of. But they they need a P instead of a B. Um, but you know, the, so Gabriel Sterling has been basically saying, "Step it up," and you know, Trump do the right thing. You lost this time. You know, you, he was basically Mark Elias two right? Well, there's a lot of people saying that. You know, it's okay. It's time. You got to step aside. Yeah, and and that's the. the I'm not giving up. There's way too much. In, in, there's way know. too much evidence of fraud. <clears throat> no, there's a lot of fraud. So we're going to get into you know the breakdown of on the map as to the paths to victory for Trump today. We're going to keep it a little light, a little positive, a little well, bit. Well, we got to keep. We got to hold out a candle of hope here. Yeah. So so in Georgia, you have this situation where you're going to have a rally. You have the runoff. You have a lot of interest in Georgia. Um, Lynn Wood uh, has really backpedaled from his his uh, two mistakes. One, he said that Loeffler was invested in Dominion. Now, she's running against Warnock, who's a Marxist, sort right. of communist guy. Crazy lunatic of a liberal, right? Warnock. Um, who I think ran over his ex-wife's foot or something in a, in a heated argument. Yeah, he's crazy. He ran over her foot, but she didn't die. No, <laughs> ran over her foot. You don't die, die from, from getting that, but, your foot But run still, over. How, do you run o- how do you run over somebody's foot? I mean... <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but then Purdue is going against Ossoff. Ossoff uh, basically wants to cancel plastics. Why? Because they ruin the environment or something? Yes, he's that kind of guy, environmentalist. No more plastic. Can you imagine if we suddenly got rid of plastic? And Gar- Garcetti, <laughs> I just killed a gnat. Um, but we have gnats. I don't know. We just had. All right, that's not good. And Garcetti said, "Cancel everything." You know, he said, "Cancel Christmas, cancel everything." If there was ever a year where we needed Christmas, it's this one. I mean, think about well, it. Garcetti's the, t- the uh, L.A. mayor. Right? Yeah, no, I know, I know who he is. But the thing is, but the point is, right now, people need. 
um, our holidays, particularly our religious holidays, and Christmas is unique in the sense that it's a religious holiday, but it has a lot of strong symbols that are part of our popular culture. And that, and right now you're hearing about a lot of these nonprofit organizations like Toys for Tots and some of the other organizations, and I'm sure we're going to hear about this with the Salvation Army, where they rely so much on in-person donations of toys and other things. Well, they're stepping up their online efforts because of the simple fact that there are so many kids that are in need and so many families that are in need. Yeah, um, you know. So, and this—if ever there was a time for Christmas, this is it. It's it's really sad because you know what? Um, there's more people, more people from zero to four years old and four to twelve years old or something. Uh, die from the flu than die from COVID. Right. Uh, the, the stats are coming out, and it's astonishing because uh, 2020's overall death rate, there's no, there's no real difference. Uh, we're not high. We're not low. Um, and I think part of it is a compensation. But the other part is uh, COVID appears to have cured the flu. Right. I, I mean, it, it appears to, that nobody's dying of pneumonia anymore. Well, well, that's it. It's 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 a balance. You know, I just wanted to make one no, more. No, well, you know, you see my point there. They're no. counting pneumonia deaths it's, as, as COVID as deaths. COVID because some of the symptoms are similar. But I, I just want to make one more point about the whole cancel <clears throat> Christmas idea. You know, we've talked a lot about how socialists want to cancel religion, and on, and over the months that we've gone through COVID, we've seen the the shuttering of synagogues and churches while keeping the liquor stores open. Now, if you say okay. Okay, you can't have Christmas, meaning you can't go to church. You can't have your family over. I guess you can buy presents, but you can't get together to enjoy them. No, uh, it's it's, it's, insane. it's again the, same the people. state taking like, over people's lives. People are That's dying. socialism. People are dying. People are dying staying indoors. Yeah. And the suicide rate is up and all these other benchmark numbers. Childhood, that, depression, adolescent depression oh my God. is up. I mean, domestic yeah. violence is up. There's Not so many that, things that are up. But Bad things that are up. It's absolutely in New York and in other states. The Supreme Court has already weighed in and said, you can't do what you're doing. No. You know, the, there there isn't a path... If, if you're going to make some of these changes, an executive order is not the way you actually steal a person's rights. We have this thing called the Bill of Rights and the Constitution for a reason. And if you're going to pass some draconian laws, it's got to be passed by the legislature And then at some ta- point. You can't just go rogue and change the outcome of an election. You know, I thought that President Trump uh, said it very well in his 40-minute speech the other day, uh, talking about how... Uh, the Democrats once again never let a good uh, tragedy go to waste, and they uh, used a um, COVID uh, uh, Chinese virus mm-hmm. that was launched. I think I, I have to I have to say now I'm I'm I'm, I'm of the belief that this uh, virus was intentional, um, and and you can't say negligent at this point um, because of what China did. We're finding out now that we actually had this virus in December of 2019. You know, one of the things, too, that they're starting to learn more about is that there's old blood banks. You know, there's there's blood vials and blood storage banks. They could test all kinds of blood. Yeah. And I bet you if you went back three years and tested some some person's blood that's sitting in a refrigerator somewhere. I would not be surprised if COVID wasn't floating. There were how many positive tests would you get out of a thousand of those blood types? Yeah, those blood tests. 
Right? You, you have all that blood bank all, all right. over the place, right? And you can go back three years, and I bet you if you were to do some hidden samples, send them in for uh, testing, you might, you might, well, it's actually, they don't test blood, do they? Do, do, I guess it's, it's nose swathed. Oh, you but mean for? Are you talking about COVID? For COVID? Uh, yeah, I think it's a nose swab at this point. I mean, there's been different ver- iterations. I guess you of could how find out whether a person has COVID through a blood test. You know, I don't know, so yeah. I can't speak to it. But anyway, speaking of COVID, before we get back to the election, um, we're talking about the election infection right now. But be- before we get back to uh, PA and uh, Georgia, Nevada, a big court case in, in Nevada. Uh, is going to be um, the results of that are going to be revealed at 10 a.m. today, mm-hmm. and that might be Las Vegas time. That might be Nevada time. So I'm not sure about that. But if it's 10 Eastern or 10, whatever Nevada is, what is Nevada? Pacific. Uh, ne- it's. Uh, I think it's Mountain time. Mountain. Okay. In any case, 10 a.m. Sometime today, we're going to find out what this uh, judge had to say. But before we move on from COVID, and because it's going to be the last thing we're going to be talking about with regard to COVID today, uh, let's listen to this Chef Andrew Grohl, my message for all the haters. Please share this logic. Sorry, haven't had a haircut since March. Okay, so this guy uh, makes a lot of sense. He's a chef. He's got a blue check mark, so he's kind of, I've never really heard of him before, but let's take a listen. Okay, I've got everybody blowing up my replies right now saying I'm a grandmother killer and that we don't take this pandemic seriously. So I'm just going to address it all right here so that I actually don't have to individually go back and forth and box with every single one of these fake accounts. So here's the situation. Do we take the pandemic seriously? Of course we do. Am I saying that we shouldn't close outdoor dining? Yes, I am. At every single juncture along the way here, from the beginning shutdown to today, we've listened to all of the advice from our government officials only to be shut down over and over and over again, and then not compensated for the elements that we put in place in our businesses in order to protect our customers. We shut down indoor dining, no problem. I got a warehouse full of plexiglass right now, okay? We went outdoors, all right? Now that's getting shut down. I just put thousands of dollars into outdoor heaters. There is zero scientific evidence that proves that outdoor dining is contributing to a rise in cases related to this, all right? I am only saying that we are gonna continue dining outdoors because I can get on an airplane and I can fly and eat and do whatever I want don't tell me it's the HIPAA filters, okay? Because that's not the case. You don't turn those on until you get onto the plane. Before that, everybody's fornicating on top of each other. I can go into Walmart. Heck, I don't even have to wear pants. Nobody wears a mask at Walmart. I can go get a pink cockatoo for my Christmas tree, but I can't go and dine outdoors at a restaurant. I can go to Target. Amazon's making tons of money. All big business is getting rich. Okay, outdoor dining does not lead to any of that. Therefore, screw that. We're staying open outdoors. It's that simple. I'm not an asshole. The governor is. <laughs> I didn't know about the curse word at the end there. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. But but the point he's making is very important because you're talking about how the big businesses are still profiting and a lot of the smaller ones are not. And, you know, when we go back and we talk about the government and how they're trying to shut every businesses down, well, they're trying to shut businesses down. But in the meantime, they want to make you dependent on the government. But, yeah. then, but then they have held up the relief bills to the people that have not been able to go back to work. So you're, you're kind of between a rock I'm and so a hard happy, place. You know, I'm happy that you mentioned that, too, because I, I, a light bulb just went off in my head. Um, but isn't that, uh, you know, catering to big corporations? Yeah, it's crony capitalism. And, and multinational corporations is what uh, the Obama policies had done. 
Um, the multilateral trade deals, TPP, yeah. the Paris Accord, yeah. these were all things designed to um, create an unfair advantage for multinational corporations and a disadvantage for Main Street USA and small mom-and-pop stores, like a hardware store. I, in my mind, I always think of like the local hardware store. They're always better than the Home Depot, but... You know, but the Home Depots put the mom and pop hardware stores out of business on Main Street. And it changes the texture and the dynamics and the context of our small towns throughout the country. And it's even, you know, kind of infected New York City, for example. We were there recently and it's become so gentrified. New York isn't what it used to be. It used to be that there was these individual individualism. And, and no longer is that the case. It's uh, a bank on every corner, and it's a conglomerate, and it's a, it's a, ch- it's a chain restaurant or what have you. Um, but to the point about what I was talking about yesterday, and it's slave labor. Yeah. Um, you know what Biden would want to ta- where where Biden would want to take our country back if it, God forbid he ever ever succeeded at any at getting any power, um, which I don't believe he is. Um, but Biden. Uh, is all about crony capitalism, uh, big banks, big corpora, big pharma, um, and globalism. And, and increased globalism, regulation. And what globalism is all about and what multinational corporations are all about, and it's why the MBA caters and kisses up. Because they want that China market, they want to. They want those big corporate um, sponsors. They want those um, corporate seats to be filled. They want to cater to a certain group. It's the reason why CNN and MSNBC and Fox News have sold out to big corporate monies um, already. Um, you know, when I do glimpse at Fox News, I don't have it personally anymore. Um, I've given it up, but. Um, I have noticed that their commercials have become a little bit more mainstream corporate rather than smaller um, paper inquiry kind of stuff. I think it depends on what time of day you're watching the programming yeah. and who the sponsor, what shows they're sponsoring. But, but the whole multinational corporation thing where the same people that are advocating for $15 minimum wage, uh, no matter what state, you know, like I like the whole state dynamic. It's a state issue. What goes on in Alabama and the cost of living in Alabama is so much far different than what happens in New York City. So 15, you know, so you just got to use common sense. Let the fair markets figure out pricing, right? But what happens with these corporations is that they um, it opens China up uh, because China has like 1.5 billion people and India has 1.5 billion people, and in those populations are and in South America and other um, you know uh, second and third world countries around the globe. Uh, you have access to these uh, populations that are willing to work for two dollars a day, you know, and long hours, and they have no regulations. They could work under age. Twelve-year-olds could be mm-hmm. working twelve hours a day, and in sweatshops, and uh, no risk of a heart attack there, right? But right. you know, is that any way to raise a child? Right? Is that one way to? bring someone up well that's why in this country um, we have fair labor standards we have the fair labor right. Sta- standards act we don't we don't put children to work that's right so these same corporations that you know talk about social justice and talk about minimum wage and support the liberal agenda the socialist agenda the globalist agenda 
are actually supporting all that because it gives them access to other slaves They're, from other countries. It's a, exactly. It's a, it's a very it's valid It's a terrible point. thing. If we had a bird's eye view of what Nike, for example, has done, where they have sold out, where they come out with this, you know, we're friends with the Obama, Team Obama, we support TPP, and we support all that's good for America, buy our product. I, yeah, I haven't bought a Nike product in ever since they sponsored Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, ever since and they... it's uh, been a few years now. Yeah, it's been a long time, five years at least. I, I, will, I, I will not buy Nike. I would never wear a swoosh. Uh, on my shoe so there's that so the the globalism multinational corporations you know advance the ball when it comes to military industrial complex contracts black market and and uh, 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 black market distribution channels uh, all kinds of different ways to get people rich in the black markets through trade drug trade human trade Open borders, you know, that's what open borders is all about, is the drug and, and guns uh, and oil trade trafficking. It's what the Bidens knew, met, knew best. It's what they did in Ukraine. And it's what they were doing with China. And uh, China, multinational corporation deals, you know, and the CFIUS court is so corrupt. We've got to take a look at CFIUS. You know, whoever the um, cabinet is, the CFIUS judge panel is the secretaries of each department. So JJ, you know, during the Obama years, it would be Jay Johnson, it would be J- John Kerry. And so what if uh, Christopher Hines is doing a deal that requires CFIUS approval? They're going to get it because daddy, stepdaddy, you know, the, the money guy, uh, um, John Kerry is always going after the woman with the, the most money. Yes, right? he married one millionaire, and then he left, her, and then later on he married a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you know, it's it's such a, you know, and, and not only that, but it, it lends itself to more corruption because you know one of the problems with that Sifius is you get someone like Hunter Biden, whose daddy's the vice president at the time under the Obama years. Uh, and whose Secretary of State is the stepdad of his business partner. Yeah. And they go to the CFIUS court to do business in China, and they get the green rubber stamp, right, the green light rubber stamp approval. But then, you know, say you're a Trump, and you go to the CFIUS court, and you want to do the same thing. You get the red light. You get the, you get the, the X stamp. No, you can't. Why? That's competition. We don't like competition. That creates a bidding war. Yeah. We don't want that. So, of course, they get the, the monopoly. And that's what big government is. It's a monopoly. And they want to chase your jobs out. So what I was going to say to you about what you were talking about um, with regard to COVID, putting these small restaurants out of business and things like that, it's exactly what they've been doing with manufacturing jobs. Yeah. Sending our manufacturing jobs with these terrible NAFTA trade deals that send our jobs uh, abroad, uh, either south of the border, north of the border, or ex- uh, so that they could be exploited by China. You know, like uh, Mexico and Canada were being exploited by China under NAFTA. So they would outsource a lot of their you know manual labor parts uh, of the equation over into to those sweatshop markets, 
And then they would come here and do the final production, and then that's how they took advantage of. That's how China took right. advantage of NAFTA because it, because some some of the work was done here, and there are percentages that apply for right. calling it a U.S. But made Trump product. changed everything, and he brought he made, he created incentives to come back to America and he create manufacturing jobs. He also decreased regulation, and I've been following a lot of yeah. the human resources oriented issues. And one thing that's already on the horizon is if Biden does indeed prevail he has um you know plans to to increase regulation which will become this is similar to like dodd frank and other types of things that happened um you know under um obama where these they put these burdens which the large corporations have the staff to weather but the small corporations can't handle all these uh osha and um financial um requirements that will make it very burdensome for small organizations and that's what is coming down the pike it's it's going to be a you know a very challenging time uh, with what he has planned so it really you know so we have to do everything we can to fight back and we will and i think that trump can well trump can i know for a fact trump can prevail and i uh i believe he can prevail he needs some wins he needs to start winning. Now, I believe that what we're going to hear out of Nevada today is probably not going to be a win. Just like in Wisconsin, they tried to file suit up at the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, which I believe would tend to be favorable to them. Um, and so they said, no, we're not going to see this case. And Mark Elias tried to play this off like it was a win for him. Mm-hmm. No, they just have to go back down to the circuit court, get heard, and then appeal to the Supreme Court of the United States. They could probably go from circuit to Supreme, to which case um, that's going to be either Barrett or uh, um, Kavanaugh. I think Kavanaugh's overlooking Michigan and Barrett's overlooking Wisconsin. It could be the other no, way around. No, that's but, what you've said. Yeah. So so in any case, it's, that would be um, perhaps favorable. Uh, but I remember the Wisconsin Supreme Court decided that they needed to purge the rolls uh, and clean up their election rolls, they're, they're, and they didn't do it. And that's a that's a that's a, something that nobody's talking about. And a lot of people aren't really talking that much about Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's definitely riddled with corruption. And in every one of these states, address uh, and signature verification is essential for mail-in ballots. So we're going to get to um, talking about Ted Cruz's appeal to the Supreme Court with regard to PA, but I want to tell you a little bit about um, the landscape in general and why it's looking favorable for Donald Trump. In fact, Biden right now is losing 232 to 227 in terms of the Electoral College when you take off, when you just basically keep neutral. Don't give it to one column or the other. Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. When you do that, it becomes 232 to 227, favoring Donald Trump. And the reason why you get there is because you have in Nevada and Arizona alone thousands of votes that were paid for by gift cards to Native American Indians. That's like number one. Number two, you got dead people. Number three, you got non-citizens of the state. Number four, you have basically the 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 threshold in any one of these litigations Mm -hmm. is: do you have enough votes to change the outcome of the election? Well, you do. 
So let's go through this um, report by Gateway Pundit. I pretty much wrote up one of these reports myself. Um, and I find this to be a little bit fascinating. It says, <clears throat> it's going to get real, real, real soon. President Trump still has more paths, 13 in fact, to win 2020 election than Biden, who only has 10 paths to win. Based on actual results and accounting for states currently recounting or, or states with election issues now in the courts, President Trump is in the lead in the 2020 presidential election. Here's what we currently know in reference to the 2020 presidential election. Incidentally, if Georgia uh, does the right thing and Raffensperger folds under pressure mm-hmm. and requires signature verification, that could do two things. One, that could make it uh, that's going to that's going to change the outcome of the of, of that election. That that Trump is going to win Georgia outright, yeah. no litigation necessary. Yeah. Okay. No need to go to a court. Right. So that's number one. Number two, um, the domino effect from that. Okay. As soon as you start saying, yes, of course, signature verification is absolutely necessary. And because signature verification was a game changer in Georgia, we ought to take a look and see if that same thing didn't play out mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, Michigan, yeah. and Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah. And then you got the Dominion machines. Uh, and in Maricopa County being the only voting county in Arizona to use these uh, these um, systems, right. this, this software. They were unique that they had software that can be controlled through the Internet. And, you know, and that's where it seems, it seems to be all the fraud was. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and here's what we got. Pennsylvania. Perhaps no state in U.S. history was involved in more fraud during an election than Pennsylvania this year. Now, in Philadelphia, they were not using Dominion. They were using this thing called, like, Evervote XL. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, turns out that they both share the same modern features yeah. of being manipulated, ROM chips, and Internet access. Um, so they work in the same way. They're scanners. You put a ba- your ballot in, and somehow it scans out another ba- uh, an image of the ballot. So President Trump was up 700,000 votes on election night, but then ballots started appearing out of nowhere to give Biden the lead. We now know that truckloads of ballots were being shipped from New York uh, to Pennsylvania. Remember in Arlington, Virginia, two days ago, you had the truck driver, Jerry yeah. Moran, yeah. who was talking about leaving Bethpage with mm-hmm. barrels of, of, uh, of ballots. Uh, in Georgia, of course, you have the secret table with Ruby Freeman, mm-hmm. right? And all those ballots that were being put through without witnesses. So the pressure's on in Georgia. And I just see there's no way um, to skirt around it. Georgia, I think Biden is going to lose Georgia for sure. And um, in light of the video, which Gabriel Sterling, the deputy, basically said, we had monitors in the room, right, Mm -hmm. in Georgia. Monitors in the room. And it, it turned out that what they said that the monitors saw was different than what the video camera saw. And it's why I've been advocating for 10 years now I've been advocating since uh, 2008 
and since I've been part of the Philadelphia GOP, and you know this, Leonora, right. I've been talking, uh, like I said, I brought it up to Al Schmidt. He laughed at me. He thought it was a joke. He thought, oh, ho, ho, we couldn't possibly do that. Well, I just think that the PA Convention Center in Philadelphia has surveillance cameras much like what we saw at State yeah. Farm Arena yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. And those it's the cameras, it's the video surveillance cameras that actually uh you know, was the game changer in in Georgia. Why not have video surveillance cameras everywhere? I, I don't know why we're not doing that, you know? And the Democrats can't get everything that they want. We have we need voter ID. We need to get away from computer systems. I mean, I have a computer system in front of me right now. I could be getting hacked from China all, for all yeah. I know right now, you know, because and I wouldn't know it. Yeah. You know, people who are getting hacked, they're getting hacked right out from underneath their keyboard. <laughs> you know, they're typing and they're getting hacked at the same time. They're sending an email. You know, I mean, so Pennsylvania perhaps uh, is big. So, you know, when we talked about the trucker moving ballots from Bethpage, New York to Pennsylvania, that seems odd in and of itself. It does seem odd. So um, you have that. And then despite unbelievable corruption and fraud, the Democrats who run the state claim Biden is the winner. Rudy Giuliani visited Pennsylvania and went through the plethora of fraud involved in the 2020 election. Man, where's that guy get his stamina? Rudy Giuliani, right? He was in Arizona earlier in the week. Then he was in Michigan. Then the next, then he was in Georgia. Yeah, he, he's been crisscrossing uh, all those states for weeks now. And when Trump said he was given 125% of his uh, effort, um, he wasn't kidding. I mean, because we got, we got uh, the case that's being litigated in Nevada. Uh, we, we are fighting the good fight in Maricopa County with um, uh, Lexall out there, uh, a couple of other attorneys out there, Rick Grinnell's out there. Um, and then and then you take a look at what Rudy Giuliani, the cases he's made to the legislatures, the state legislatures in Michigan, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> and in Arizona, you know, that's the Achilles heel, right? And then you got the litigation yesterday in Nevada. Uh, and then you got all the stuff that's going on in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see how, if you're Biden, I don't see how you win. Because no. the judge looks at this and says, <clears throat> was there fraud? Well, obviously, yes, there was fraud. Mm-hmm. I, there's a mountain of fraud. Yeah. Okay, all right. I see the fraud. But is there enough fraud to overturn the outcome of an election? Well, with the computer systems, you know, and if they find enough computer fraud, if they find enough with whistleblowers that, that they claim that they have signed affidavits from mm-hmm. and uh, people who have actually worked with some of these Dominion people, mm-hmm. um, especially in Georgia, uh, where they were doing ballot testing yep. prior to the election, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's one of those... Uh, Things where you you start to open up the uh, thing where I think it was a uh, Chip Roy, um, this, this this U.S. congressman was basically talking about an audit for the entire country. We need to look into an audit for the and if they did that, I think you would find enormous fraud in California because California was one of the guarantees that Trump, uh, that Biden would get the 81 and a half million votes that he got mm-hmm. uh, because even though 
uh, I think that the margin uh, of victory for Biden in California was like 4.8 million, right? So that's four, like almost 5 million voters voted uh, disparity. That would assure him to win the national popular vote, which would assure him the delegates from states that are allocating to the national popular winner. So they had all angles covered. And I hope that once we get past these battleground litigated states like Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and then President Trump is reelected, he takes a good hard look at not only the computer systems, the paper, uh, you know, and moving away from that to paper ballots and really cracking down. I think that there's just an open and shut case there to win that going forward. So Wisconsin, this state as well, uh, now shows Biden in the lead, but early in the morning after the election, more than 100,000 votes magically appeared in Milwaukee. And when President Trump gave his um, speech the other day, 40-minute speech, the most important speech of his career, um, he gave that speech, and what he talked about was the spike in the middle of the night after the you know counting right. had been closed. Everything happens after three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and you know you can also say that nothing good happens after midnight. Isn't that the, isn't that that's the, the saying? expression? Yeah, you. I think you turned me on to that one. Yeah, I mean, was it me? I don't know. Maybe well, I've heard that expression for a while that nothing good ever happens after midnight. That you know that's where trouble happens. We should all be home at a certain hour, or else we're just causing problems for other people and etc. But um, no, I I think that as we piece these things together, you know, there is a lot here, and we can't allow us to be pressured. And when I say us, I'm talking about the people that are pushing for the truth to be discovered. We can't, you know, acquiesce to the comments, no matter who says them, uh, even if it's the Attorney General of the United States, that if, you know, results are not enough to overturn an election, that we should dis you know, disprove them or discount them. The reality is, is and this is, a, this is an expression that you and I have used a lot, Scott, you start with a crumb, you get another crumb, eventually you get a cookie. I think we have a cookie here. I think we have a big cookie. I think we've got one of those cookies that you'd see in the delicatessens, those giant black and white cookies. That's what we got here. Um, we've got, you know, we've got, what you know, out and out fraud, and we can't ignore it, and we can't sweep it under the rug, because this is not just about President Trump. This is about our election systems and whether there is integrity in our systems. And the American people need confidence that our systems are working properly, that, that when they cast a vote, whether it is in person, through an absentee ballot, a mail-in ballot, or whatever other means may be determined, that that vote counts. And that is what the legacy of this election will be. Right. That's right. Right. So, you know what? Uh, so this article, it goes into Michigan and Nevada. I mean, pretty much it goes into everything that we've already talked about. I'm not going to um, waste too much time on this. Uh, it's not a waste of time, by the way. I mean, they just basically lay it out. And there's just so strong of a case yeah. in each one of these states. Again, the question is, it's not, a, it's not the question of whether the fraud was committed. The question is, can, is there enough fraud to overturn the outcome of an election? And in every state that they've chosen, which they chose for a reason, 
because they understood that that was going to be one of the threshold benchmarks that the mm-hmm. judge is going to look at before they go ahead and take a case. I believe that PA is going to be seen by Alito, and Amy Coney Barrett's going to have a voice in that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how PA goes. But I want to talk also about um, I, I want to talk also about Ted Cruz and um, his 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 Supreme Court appeal. So. Ted Cruz filed an appeal with the SCOTUS regarding PA mail-in ballots, arguing to have all mail-in ballots declared unconstitutional. Supposedly, state legislature never voted to allow. PA Constitution only allows in-person and absentee balloting. Now, this is an article by you know um, that he posted on his website, actually. But I'm reading this one from Newsmax, who pretty much regurgitated it from sit Senator Ted Cruz's website. Publi- Senator Ted Cruz publicly urged the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday to hear the expedited appeal of the case challenging the election results in Pennsylvania, saying the matter raises serious legal issues. Cruz, the longest-serving solicitor general in the history of Texas and a former law professor at the University of Texas Law School in Austin, is the first U.S. senator to publicly support the appeal. Filed by Representative Mike Kelly. I love Mike Kelly and Representative of PA. Hearing this case now on an emergency expedited basis would be an an important step in helping rebuild confidence in the integrity of our democratic system. Cruz said in a statement that also uh, noted a Reuters Ipso poll found 39% of Americans believe the election was rigged. 39%, I think... Yeah, but you know, it's 97% of Trump supporters thought it was rigged, right? Um, but 39% is still a high number. Yeah. I bet it's even higher than that. Um, Kelly's appeal argues the Pennsylvania legislature passed legislation greatly expanding the use of absentee va- voting, making it a no-excuse mail-in election and contradicting the state constitution the state's constitution. It further derides the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for dismissing Kelly's lawsuit for latches, a legal term for a procedural issue saying the case was brought too late. So let's read that again. That's kind of important. That's what's happening in Nevada. Uh, That particular issue about Mm -hmm. the case being brought too late, Mm -hmm. I think is ridiculous. And how do you get around that? I mean, the case is brought too late you're gathering information on voter fraud. Yeah, you're doing the best you well, that's, can. Well, I mean, that's the point I was just making, is that they're trying to say that there there isn't enough evidence or there isn't enough time. And, yeah. and they're trying to use the media to champion that theory. And that's why they're all saying that, okay, President Trump should step aside now and we can't yeah. back down we can't back down based on and there's precedence uh, we can't base that da- we can't back down based on um each um individual race maybe not adding up to enough but and we can't back down on timing because you didn't discover any of this until you investigated it i mean you know how come president trump had to be subject to, to an investigation for years during his presidency nobody said uh, it's too late to do that now let time's me, run out let me repeat this again because this is kind of important not only here but in nevada in pa but in nevada okay so it says argues the pennsylvania legislature kelly kelly's appeal 
argues the Pennsylvania legislature passed legislation greatly expanding the use of absentee ballots, absentee voting. Right, we know that. Making it, uh, argues the Pennsylvania legislature passed legislation. Okay, and that's a conservative legislature, right? Republican-leaning legislature. Greatly expanding the use of, and why they would do this is beyond me. If you're a Republican, Mm -hmm. you know this is going to be riddled Mm -hmm. with fraud, right? So that doesn't make me feel great that that's the kind of Republicans they have running the show over there. It's as bad as Georgia in some cases. Passes legislation greatly expanding the use of absentee voting, making it a no-excuse mail-in election and contradicting the state's constitution. And by the way, they did that October 2019 before Mm -hmm. COVID. Okay. It further derides the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for dismissing Kelly's lawsuit for latch, la- latches, L-A-C-H-E-S, right. latches, a legal term for a procedural issue saying the case was brought too late. Cruz was specially critical of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's dismissal on the procedural grounds. So that was the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, a liberal-leaning court uh, to the tune of about uh, five to two, if it's a seven-man court. Right. Seven man and woman court. Um, in any case, that's why they're going to SCOTUS now, because they were never really given their due, uh, their right, their day in court. Even more persuasively, the plaintiffs point out that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has also held that plaintiffs don't have standing to challenge an election law until after the election, meaning that the court effectively put them in a catch-22 before the election. They lack standing after the election. They've delayed too long. Cruz said. So Cruz has really good points. Um, I got two callers that just called in. So I'm going to take one caller really quick, and then I'm going to take the next one. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, would that be I? Yes. Yes, sir. Hey, morning. Scott in the north. Yeah, I, I just want to say that uh, I think the, the biggest um, obstacle that we're, we're battling here in this whole situation is the the media blackout and censorship of this whole thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think that is the, the the key component that somehow we need to get around um, because I I think that if more people were hearing this information and getting you know the message that more people would be on board with what you know. I happened. agree with you. Yeah. No, that's obvious. I mean, that that's that's the biggest. That's one of the biggest problems we've faced. I mean, you know, when somebody posted when somebody posted the video of the Georgia fraud going on in the room, you know, with the machines and true, you know, that that uh, Ruby uh, Freeman. They the um, when you post that, it says, "No, this is this has been proven to be false." <laughs> it's like, oh, my own eyes, right? I mean. You know, just because Gabriel Sterling, an hour before that video was made public, just because he said that the monitors didn't see anything, any improprieties, and then the video proves him wrong, just shows that the the man is lying, right? And that the the well, it's uh, like the guy that walks in. It's like the guy that walks in on his wife doing the pool boy, and then she says, "Oh, it's not what it looks like." Yeah. All right. Well, this is a Christian show, so I mean, it's, <laughs> anyway. Hey, but, well, yeah. But, well, I didn't say any bad words, nah. but, but what I what I wanted to say also was it, it seems very frustrating to me um, because through the whole Russian collusion yeah. and all that, you had anonymous 
uh, uh, whistleblowers. You had nobody giving sworn statements. Yeah. You had nobody yeah. making statements under oath. And all that was taken seriously in the media. Yeah. And, and now you have all these people that are giving all that information yeah. and taking the and, and, and doing the oaths, and they're ignoring it. They're saying, oh, it's it. nothing. I got to take the other that's caller. That's a dead giveaway I, right there. I got to okay. take the other caller, but thank okay, you bye. for calling in. All right. Um, all right. We're going to go ahead and take John here. John, uh, um, thank you for calling. <laughs> You're on the air. <laughs> thank you. Hey, right. it's Scott Leonora. Um, Hey. Yeah, the thing about George, I just heard about last night. Do they have a time stamp verification of that video? Because I don't know how the social media would say, "Oh, this has been proven to be false so quickly." If it just came out, no, like, it's you know, time. It's, it's it, that's completely um, time stamped. Yeah, because I heard of several um, suitcases worth of votes, which could hand. I mean, that would have that could be ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand votes. There's a ton of votes you could keep in there. So that a lot right there would allow you to, to uh, infer. Uh, oh, and by the way, that the was during, that was part but, of a, a presentation that Rudy, Rudy and Jenna Ellis were given to the Georgia state legislatures, and there was a lot of other witness testimony, and they said they had sixty more. So no, this is I, I, I'm really impressed with what Rudy Giuliani's done oh, this absolutely. past week. I, I you know, I uh, I even like winced my eyes a couple of times when he would do his own videos yeah. and smoke a cigar and put out a cheesy ad. Yeah. But, but um, he's just been gangbusters this week. Yeah, you got to understand that it is extraordinarily difficult to do something like this under time pressure. Yes. Uh, over time, more people will begin to talk, but uh, so quickly it's hard to get people to sort of admit what's going on and to. To put it all together is very it's very difficult and confusing in the hurly burly of the moment, yeah. so to speak. And John, so we have running to understand of, that when people criticize them, it's not fair. We're running Sorry. out of time, but I will say this: one thing it tells me is that Trump was pretty much on this with some of the EOs that he has signed. Trump was totally not. He, Trump was not caught flat-footed. Trump definitely was prepared for this, and that the actions well, needed to happen first before they could actually counter and take act. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, a couple, a couple, just, I know you got to go, but a couple of things. Um, one is, you know, the, the judge in Georgia, first of all, if you get a ju- some judge to, over, to uh, overturn or throw out votes or you get a legislature to act, then you'll start to get media attention because then right. they'll have to look at it. That's number right. Number one. Number two, the voting machines, they wanted to, uh, they were going to audit some voting machines and they reversed it. Now they went back and they're going to do a few why don't you do all of them? I know they say they want to use them in the next uh, in the runoff. Hey, you know what? In a situation like this, buy more. I don't care what it is, but you've got to look at every one of these in the disputed county. Absolutely. Thirdly, yeah. I don't know if you heard about this, but in Arizona, they did a random audit of 100 votes. It was mostly three were inaccurate, 3%. The, rat, the margin of difference was 0.5% between the margin of uh, difference right. between the candidates was 0.5%. I don't know if you heard about that, but they audited three percent. Three percent problems in a race that's yeah. Three percent problems with in a race that's point zero five percent difference. Hey, thank you for calling in today. Sure. All right. We always love it when John calls in. All right. Well, you're we're at the end of our show. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. 